He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast today. Um, on the show, very special guest. Of course, all my guests are special, but this one, just like the welcome box and a few other of the episodes and topics I've talked about, hits a little bit closer to home for me, literally closer to home. Um, I'm from Stanwood, Washington, a small town right between Seattle and Bellingham that no one's ever heard of. Um, they've heard of all the towns surrounding it, but Arlington is a town right next door. And um, this beautiful property that is called the Greystone Castle, it's about 15, 20 minutes away from where I grew up and went to high school and just had a lot of like my childhood and young adult age. So I'm really excited to feature them on the podcast. Uh, today, I will be talking with Emily Peterson, who is the estate manager on just what it looks like to run a 22,000 square foot house uh, slash castle and what that all entails, how their journey started and where they plan to go. So enjoy the episode and hopefully you will get to see all sorts of cool stuff. Check out the website as well. There will be some pictures and other information on where to find them. Thank you and enjoy. Hello everybody and welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Today I am joined by Emily Peterson, who is the estate manager of the Greystone Castle in Arlington, Washington. Everybody give a warm welcome to Emily. How are we doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Good. So Emily, kind of tell us about um, your role and what the Greystone Castle is and just everything beautiful of this beautiful two, no, 22,000 square foot property. Yeah. Yeah. So I am the estate manager there. I manage the property as well as the rental side of things. Um, just a little bit of history about the castle. It was originally built in 1992. It was built as somebody's single family residence, actually. Um, they were building it just for their family. And it was under construction for about 20 years. And it was a little less than half finished. Wow. And so my business partners purchased it in 2015. And it was really an investment at the time. Um, it was ended up getting it for about 900000 and it's worth probably about triple that today. And so it was it was mainly an investment property, but things kind of developed over time. Um, the property had to be finished. And so it took about two and a half years to finish the construction. It went from about 15,000 square feet, roughly, to 22,000 square feet. So adding a poker room, adding a library, um, taking the attic space and making it into a ballroom, um, completing the entire basement, which included a movie theater. Um, and so, yeah, that's we got up to about 22,000 square feet. And then um, gradually over time, people wanted to 
borrow the property and rent the property. And so it just kind of developed into setting it up as a vacation rental. So um, January of last year, we started renting it out as a vacation rental. Wow. And so who was the first person that kind of like, or the first group that started it off for you guys to kind of get this idea of like, oh, we can actually rent this out and do this full time? Well, in general, in the real estate industry right now, the whole Airbnb thing is pretty popular. And so it's kind of always been in the back of mind of everybody's mind, you know, maybe we should get into something like that. But um, there was a particular group that had rented it prior to it it really even being completely furnished or anything like that. And they rented it for a 50th birthday party. And um, they had a great weekend. They, you know, they paid for it. They treated the castle well. And um, they want to come back and rent it again. And so that's kind of what initially started it. Um, But again, it developed over time with just different input and different people. We did have contractors that more or less lived there uh, while it was under construction for two and a half years. So we kind of had a basis of what it was going to take in order for people to even live there or be there more than just one night at a time. And so, again, it just kind of developed over time. Well, um, how did you get involved and who is currently like kind of tell us about your team aspect and what it takes to even run the property on a day to day basis with guests checking in and checking out and housekeeping and everything that you guys do, especially with such a big sized property. And of course, having five acres and everything else that goes along into that. Yeah, so it's. We, when we started out, we initially knew we needed a cleaning team. And so we reached out to some friends and got in contact with a cleaning crew that was local and they have been with us since day one. And so, um, Cobria cleaning is the business. Uh, it's a family business. They have, um, originally it was two sisters. One of the sisters still works on and off. And then the other one is still heavily involved. And then they have a few employees too, that they bring in. So they are the ones that clean the castle from top to bottom, side to side, Then we have an internal housekeeping team, which um, is two staff, and they are in charge of basically linens, setting up the coffee bars, setting the formal dining tables. So any kind of internal things that have to be done before guests arrive. And then we have a handyman who's also been with us since day one. Um, He's just been a blessing. He can do a little bit of everything, and that is ultimately required um he's done everything from rewiring our entire viking range to um putting in your new electronic urinals um you know kind of just some really odd things that normal houses wouldn't have but we do and he's just he and he's been able to do everything so far there isn't anything the guy can't do and so he's a huge blessing to us and he works uh he started out pretty much full-time and now he's working about part-time but he I mean, he's there probably four days a week handling stuff. And then um, we have about four other part-time staff members that help with just miscellaneous tasks from landscaping to keeping the patio and the patio furniture um, in tip-top shape to pressure washing. And so we've tried to keep things fairly internal and in-house versus hiring out service companies for every single item that's needed. Um, So far, it's worked okay, but we we're looking at that we need to get maybe a more solid plan in the future and figure out long-term how we can sustain this amount of maintenance to this size of building and to still be able to rent it out every weekend or at as needed. Yeah, no, definitely. I was going to say with, um, with that, like um, kind of tell us about the ups and downs with, you know, getting into this market and learning the property and the vacation rental side. 
of just everything actually did benefit you a little bit because instead of having a big company come up now there's individual properties and you could potentially get in that google pack yeah so more individual owners um, like you said better for them mm -hmm. but the management companies where you have five ten plus properties not so well so with that i guess um my my thing because i've been i'm a huge fan of like gary d mm -hmm. i'm a huge fan of tony robbins all mm -hmm. these people uh what is i i personally created my whole business off the platform of the podcast okay. the podcast has been my seo optimization okay. so what's your opinion on the audio marketing segment right now Oh, I think it's great. I think people, you know, passively want to drive and be able to consume content. I think, uh, you know, a lot of times they want to be doing something else and, and still listening. So I think it's a great segment. I think that video is still alive and well as well. Mm -hmm. um, and you can always take a video and, and rip it to audio, yeah, right? And so definitely. you can have both. So, um, you know, if, if a property out there, let's say a hotel property is looking to create content, one thing they should think a little bit outside the box, like this uh, river in we're in now. Yeah. You know, our company's created three videos for these guys, and what they've done differently is we don't create videos about the hotel necessarily. That's an element of the video. Definitely. But the videos are lifestyle. So yes. why would you want to come to Seaside? Well, you want to ride the Surrey. You want to be on the beach. You want to go on the the boats on the river. And so they're creating these videos that hook people in by the experience of the city. Yes. And then at the end, we hit them with the hotel yeah. and, and kind of make that a seamless transition into the property. So you get them to envision themselves here already. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So we're basically pacing them of what that trip would be like. And what's nice about that is people don't feel like they're being sold to. Yeah. And then when they're going to pick a property to stay, why not stay with the person that gave them that experience? Exactly. So I think if any property out there is looking to kind of get an edge with SEO or any of their competition, think more lifestyle and not just sell, sell, sell your property all day. Definitely. And I want to put this out there now because I've had this thought for a while and I haven't verbally spoke it to a public audience like this, but I think with you know, Alexa Hospitality, that launched with Marriott to be the first one, the first few brands to take in the device that can, mm -hmm. you know, service the guests in the room and play the music, call the front desk, order room service, right? Independent hotels don't have that. They don't have that budget. Let's yeah. be honest. They don't have that type of money to spend on all these devices and programs. So my idea, which I think if you agree on the audio segment, that I think hotels or whether an individual uh, boutique or, you know, a chain, um, including vacation rental side should create their own mini podcast series. Yep. I think they should create a, um, you know, what to expect, what to expect when you stay here, the amenities in the room, what the story is behind them, what the story mm -hmm. is of the property, of course, have indi individual, uh, you know, directors or managers kind of speak on an episode, um, their best favorite things to do in the city, um, all that kind of stuff and create your own Alexa. You have a little card in the room, you know, says, listen to our podcast, the river in on Spotify, Apple, and Google, I or, like it. Yeah, I think yeah. that I think that is going to be the next step that individual independent boutiques will have against other properties. They're going to be able to get more down and nitty gritty with the customer. Plus, then you can also add a station where the guests can leave a verbal review. Yeah, and then that. you can choose to upload it or not. Yeah, no, I love that. I think anything that the hotels, independents, or chains can do to get in between the customer and the booking process and provide value, that's what's gonna get it more bookings. Exactly, I love it. Um, so obviously we we discovered you know what is SEO, what yep. is optimization for you. Um, the vacation rental side, obviously there's the apocalypse that's going on with uh, the OTAs and kind of everything coming up. Mm -hmm. um, so what are the best uh, SEO practices moving forward? Um, strategies that you definitely recommend other than my, my trademarked new idea. Uh -huh. um, 
All right, I won't, I won't take that one. But, no, it's okay. Yeah. So as far as best practices, I mean, the battle's in the Google Pack right now. You need to be actively, actively promoting your Google listing with reviews and updates. There is a way you can post and actually do posts, almost like you would on Facebook with your for, Google for listing. For Google Business? Yeah, okay. yeah. So this used to be Google+, Plus, then now it's rolled into Google listing. That We're seeing that in our data that is influencing the rankings. Okay. Reviews are influencing the rankings as long as they're good. Um, so all those things you can do to work on the pack. On the back side, we need to still focus on the website. Even though Google has kind of pinched us a lot of these properties there, you don't want to give up on your website. This is a long-term game. It's a marathon, yeah. not a sprint. And so really focus on creating content, but also you need to create backlinks to that content. And the way you do that is to promote it. So um, some simple ways to promote it would be on social. Everyone knows yeah, that. Definitely. Um, you, could, you could team up with retailers and do link swaps. Some other ways you could get links to your site would be to join the local chamber. That's yeah. a very valuable link that Google loves because let's say this property joins the chamber and the chamber site then links to this property, right? Yeah. The website, Google can make almost 100% certain that you actually are there and that you're trusted if you have a chamber link from the local chamber. So right. that's another really simple thing that properties can do. And why is that? Like, because in my, you know, I'm in a little bit of a younger generation, mm -hmm. so chamber of commerce really for us, um, especially with entrepreneurs, you know, they go way more different directions um, than mm -hmm. your, your classic old school chamber and maybe flyers, you know, all that kind of stuff. So why do you think that is that it's still that that's one of the very few forms that will help? Because no one would get a chamber link that's not actually in a community because okay. they're not going to pay the fee. They're not going to fill out their profile. And so what Google's trying to do is is, is figure out trust, right? When it serves a, rank, a result up for someone, it needs to make 100% sure that that's a good result. And that's why people use the search engine because yes. it gets good results. So when you can give Google anything that shows trust that you are in that community, uh, that's going to put you over the top. So things like Chamberlain, things like from your visitors bureau, any other local business linking to you, all those things are super valuable for SEO. Awesome. Well, uh, Seth, uh, I always like to end episodes with uh, you know the guests uh, getting to you know give out any tips, tricks that they just always like to give out um, to give a shout out to anybody and uh, kind of maybe anything exciting going on with your company, uh, Oregon Web Based Solutions. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Thank you. So we have. Um, as I mentioned, two things. We do the video production, so that's morrissey.com, M-O-R-R-I-S-E-Y.com. If you want to learn more, just Morrissey Productions. We're everywhere. Um, our agency is OregonWebSolutions.com. You can check us out. Um, as far as going forward, as I mentioned earlier, I would say, you know, from a property standpoint, especially the independents, don't give up. Be active on Instagram. Be active on Facebook. Um, create that lifestyle content. Even if it's not the best, just get it out yeah. there. Definitely focus on building out your website. So a lot of people think that the website is antiquated and we don't need that and we can just rely on OTAs, but OTAs will end up biting you. And yes. so you need to have your own assets. And the only asset you can really own on the internet 100% is your website. So 100%. never anything you do to your website is always going to pay dividends long term. So focus there um, and then just hope for the best. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you guys again for choosing to listen to Slick Talk. Uh, Again, Seth has been a great guest. Check him out. Give him a follow, a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, we'll be back next week for more, more great content. Thanks, Will. Appreciate right, it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. 
beneficial. It, it gets people excited about their job again. If you can teach them something new about something they feel has become monotonous, um, you know, that, that type of stuff can go a long way as well. No, I 100% agree. And I think just kind of like back to the first point when I was talking about resume builders, like I think it's always important to have your me book or your yourself book, which um, you can bring and add value. But how much more value would that be if you are cross-trained in so many different fields that when you do end up looking for a new opportunity or maybe if you've been experienced in all these other different fields, you can apply it to so many ways and it can benefit not only your team and the property, but the guest. And that's what is really important. I think when the guests see that you do so many different things, because trust me, I have seen um, guests come up to me or to my other staff members that are trained in these different areas and they're impressed and they're they're blown away by the service because nobody told them, oh, hey, let me radio maintenance because this isn't my job in a nicer way. Um, they didn't have that experience. They had, yes, I'm on it and I'm going to do it and I don't need to get anybody because right now you're my priority. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say this, you know, from my personal career, and this isn't the hospitality industry, even though we service the hospitality industry, I started out at this company as an entry-level programmer, and I've, I've worn just about every hat as I've worked my way through the company. Some of those, I've created the positions, right? We didn't have a marketing department when I started, so I was the marketing department for a while. But the advantage that I've had of, of doing a lot of the roles that people in the company do really helps me in a couple of ways. One, one, it helps me problem solve for them, but it yeah. also helps me have an empathy for the struggles they go What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.